Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Facebook has invested $13 billion in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years. Over the last few months, they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts. Learn more about their ongoing work at about.fb.com safety. Hey, everybody. I was thinking about an article I saw uh, yesterday, and well, today and then uh, a couple days ago about Macaulay Culkin and his, I guess, girlfriend. They didn't say they were married. Uh, Brenda Song, both of them from uh, TV shows. I remember her from, uh, I think it was The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. And, of course, Macaulay Culkin from all the Home Alone movies and a bunch of other stuff he did. Good Son, and which was a good movie with Elijah Wood from uh, Lord of the Rings. Anyway, uh, what was interesting is that they just had a baby. Brenda Song is Asian, and uh, they brought up... uh, Somebody posted an old interview that Macaulay Culkin had done from 2018 where he was talking about uh, that... Yet my um, girlfriend is Asian on the Joe Rogan podcast. Macaulay Culkin said, my girlfriend is Asian, so we're going to have little uh, Asian babies around. So little Sean Lennon babies going around, little cute Sean Lennon babies around, and uh, Sean Lennon is, uh, of course, the son of uh, John Lennon, the former Beatle, and Yoko Ono, who was also Asian, so another Asian and uh, white white guy had a baby, said they're going to be little Sean Lennons, which was the name of their son, Paul McCart- I mean, uh, John Lennon and Yoko Ono, and then Macaulay Culkin went on to say that I can make Asian jokes because my girlfriend is Asian. And of course, that's, you know, nobody, I don't recall hearing anything about it in 2018, about it being a negative, people being up in arms about it and bothered by it. And for me, it's problematic when you say stuff like that because you see it a lot. Well, I I notice a lot being a black man and you hear like, People say, well, it's okay, my wife is black, or it's okay, my boyfriend or husband is black, and just a bunch, it's, it doesn't, you know, you don't get a, a free pass just because of your proximity to blackness, you don't get to, well, I know black people, I, I work with black people, we're cool, so I can say and do things that would normally be inappropriate that you recognize, but you say that you get a pass because you know these people, not true, so, um, but even that's not what I was thinking about, what I was thinking about is, um, Comedian Ali Wong was talking about, um, in one of her comedy specials, it might have been the first one, but she was talking about how she's um, Asian, mixed, she's a mixed race Asian, but both both parents were Asian, just different uh, different countries. And she was speaking about something I hadn't, I didn't know that they, you know, diced it up like that, but she was speaking about what she called uh, fancy Asians, and the fancy Asians are the Japanese, the Chinese, all the, uh, uh, which is interesting, some, some of the more readily assimilated Asians, some of the, some of the, the Asians that seem to um, assimilate a little better into Western society for one reason or another, could be um, financial, could be, you know, academic, I don't know, for, for any number of reasons. They seem to assimilate better, and those were the fancy Asians, she called them. 
And then Allie went on to say that she's part fancy Asian, because I believe she's part, I want to say Chinese, but I don't remember what she said. So I know she said she was part fancy Asian and part jungle Asian. And the jungle Asian was the, uh, the Vietnamese, the Laotian, the Philippines, those she called those the, the jungle Asians and the fancy Asians. And she said that she was part one and part of the other. And what I was thinking about in regard to to both of those was, you know, the the comments that were made in 2018, while if it were me, if I was Asian, I, I would be offended by that. Because like I said, I get offended by, you know, when people people make jokes because of their proximity to blackness as if it's all good because, you know, black people not cool. But what I thought about it was that um, I didn't hear anything from Brenda Song about it. And she's A, you know, Asian, and B, she's his girlfriend. And she didn't have a problem with it, I don't imagine. So much so that later on, you know, in 2021, where we are now, she had a baby with him. So it wasn't wasn't a, a deal breaker or an issue or nothing. So, um, and then I thought about it. I thought about the you know, the fancy Asian, and I thought about, okay, well, that's the, the fancy, fancy of the Asians, but what about fancy black people, the, the bourgeoisie, the talented 10th, the, um, the W.E.B. Du Bois, you know, class of people, um, then I thought about also Hispanic, you know, the, the, the well-to-do, the, the affluent, and I don't, think that it's a matter of um money sometimes i don't necessarily think it's a matter of money but uh for some reason it um uh, i don't know it, it seems it seems to me and i could be way off base and um i'll do more research of course because it's interesting to me but it seems to me that the fancy of the the races don't seem to have as strong of a reaction to to people doing stuff that that I would say is offensive to their culture or offensive to their ethnicity and I guess you know another thing I had been thinking about for for a little while now was uh cultural identity versus ethnic identity and what I kind of mean by that is um the cultural identity being who you grew up around what you are most familiar with what what um what interactions you've had with society sometimes in your household or in your schools or in your your immediate environment how you function and what you prefer to be around and prefer to do listen to eat uh dress like dance like those the everyday interactions you have versus your your ethnic background the the larger picture where you where you come from what country uh what your practices are oftentimes what the religion is things like that and i think that a lot of times people may be ethnic ethnically one thing but culturally another and i tend to find that people people move more deeply i guess in their cultural identity than their ethnic ethnic identity and i kind of you kind of see that more when people in those fancy the fancy uh 
areas is you know like Ali wants like the fancy Asians or the fancy um, bourgeoisie black black people or the fancy Hispanics in those areas it doesn't seem to be it doesn't seem to be offensive and also some some of the people seem to be culturally not the same as they are ethnically ethnically and that may make it easier for assimilation if you are culturally more attuned to western society then it can it can make it easier for you to move in those circles versus if you are culturally asian if you are culturally black if you're culturally uh hispanic they tend not to to assimilate as well um and you also tend to be more more protective of that culture more protector of protective of those those beliefs and more aware i want to say more aware more reactive to offenses to those things because like i said when i when i heard that you know that he had said that i'm like yo that's that's problematic because for me i you see it a lot of times where you have like um usually usually i see it with uh well no i've seen it both ways because here in my hometown there was a guy who made some pretty it was a racist statements but it wasn't the most racist statement he made a statement about uh not speaking spanish um it was something along the lines of not speaking spanish in the kitchen or not speaking spanish to the customers or at the register or something like that for a restaurant even and then he you know he kind of backed it up and like oh no i'm not racist my wife is hispanic and i'm like that doesn't give you a pass or absolve you from racism believing as we do that the country is steeped in uh the ideology of white supremacy and uh racial superiority that doesn't disappear just because of a woman you've fallen in love with or who fell in love with you and i think it's the same the same thing like oh i can't possibly be racist because i i i became friends or i had a a child with or married someone of the ethnicity i'm accused of being racist against and i think that that's very interesting that you think that some somehow you can unlearn and you can unlearn and somehow absolve yourself in the waters of um proximity to what well, no i can't be racist because i don't i don't even mind being around them see so that means i'm not racist like that's that's laughable because the i can be around you know what i mean a lot of stuff that doesn't mean i like it like i don't like what don't i like i don't like peanuts i don't like the the smell or i don't i mess with peanut butter but i don't like peanuts i can be around them all day long but that doesn't mean that i like them that doesn't mean that i tolerate them that just means that you know i can be in the presence and like i said i eat peanut butter but that doesn't mean i want peanuts on all of my stuff so you know it's it's a very interesting thing because you you see it all the time and again it's not the most egregious form of racism but it's a strong microaggression i think and it speaks to a larger topic if i were dating a woman who wasn't black or who wasn't um part black and she made statements to 
to um, something to the tune of black people this or black people that and like ha ha he he I can say it because my boyfriend's black she wouldn't have a black boyfriend for long me it wouldn't be me I couldn't I couldn't without thoroughly investigating that and she would have to it would it almost wouldn't even be worth her time because I would be probing for her to get to the root of why she found that to be funny a and why she found that being with me would be a pass of some sort to say something you know real offhanded like that I don't make jokes like that because I don't think that they're funny and like what's you don't you don't get a pass you know how you you, you can get a pass by being respectful and complimentary and acknowledging those cultures I heard a comedian say one time that absolutely anything can be funny if you do it the right way and uh, I heard a person say that he was making a bunch of a bunch of uh, Native American jokes, but he was concerned that that they were offensive. So he went to Native American communities and he talked to them and he he let them hear the jokes and he did the jokes and he um he wanted to know if they were offensive and they said that well if you can get Native Americans to laugh then it's probably not that offensive. But they talked to him about you know the jokes and he talked about where you know what he was thinking when he wrote them and they talked about how he felt about them and it was more of a, a respect thing it wasn't you know it wasn't mean or vindictive or you know just just nasty and i think that that's where it comes from the jokes are you know if those jokes don't come from a good place and i don't think that people do the research like oh it's a good place because I'm with this person, so it must be a good place. No, nah, not really. You can be with this person, you can love this person, and you can have all the best intentions in the world regarding this person, but that doesn't mean that a joke like that doesn't come from a dark place and come from somewhere negative. Or statements like that don't come from a dark place or somewhere negative. So I think that it's very important that you, you kind of examine yourself especially if you're in a relationship like that where you feel like um this person can give you access or a pass into those communities culturally or ethnically and i think it's it's very arrogant to to presume that somehow that oh i've conquered i've conquered this one so that gained me access into the rest of the culture no to uh to quote a comedian that I once heard when he was talking about a similar topic about, uh, you know, a white woman dating a, a black guy. He said that, you know, that nigga, you don't know all niggas. So it's, it's, yeah, it was, it's a very interesting statement. So, I mean, Hey, I don't know. I, I guess it's up for, for Brenda in that case, Brenda song to decide if it was enough and apparently, in my opinion, I don't think she did decide that it's enough. Or in in every individual case, you have to decide that is that enough to make you want to leave, or is it just just ha ha he 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 didn't mean anything, or you know, is it a case of you know culturally we are the same, so that joke didn't bother me any different than if an Asian person had made it. I don't know. A lot of stuff to to think about a lot of stuff to unpack but stuff that i ponder so you guys take it easy
Facebook's safety teams protect billions of people each month. They lead the industry in stopping bad actors online. That's because they've invested more than $13 billion in the last five years, quadrupling their safety and security teams to 40,000 people and investing in industry-leading AI technology to enhance safety on their platforms. It's working. Over the last several months, they've taken action on 1.7 billion fake accounts, 51.7 million violent and graphic posts, 62 million explicit adult posts, 9.3 million drugs and firearms sales posts. But working to reduce harmful and illicit content on their platforms is never done. Keeping your feed safe will continue to be everyone's priority at Facebook. Learn more about how they're helping people connect and share safely at about.fb.com safety.